Fuck skeletons. Fuck skeletons. Fuck skeletons. Fuck skeletons. So Susie Quattro was in the Triple R studios uh, just doing a, a reading from her book. Well, not really a reading from her book, talking about her uh, her, her life story. And she's still lurking around. She's still lurking around. We're, we've been debating about whether or not we should get her into the studio for the big second birthday show. For some more cake. We have more cake. We have more cake. And, uh, and she could talk about happy days. Uh, and uh, none of us have the balls to, uh, to go and ask. Because we know Stephen that we're going to get shot down. Maybe Stephen would do it. Anyway. She played Pinky Tusker. No, she played Leather Tuscadero. <laughs> See what you've done to me? She played Leather. There she is. There she is. She played Leather Great. Tuscadero. Oh, you should have written that note and held it up against the window. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm going to ask Stephen. Okay. Well, now what I say is that uh, Pinky Tuscadero and Leather Tuscadero were two characters in Happy Days. Right. Both of whom were uh, old friends of the Fonzas. Right. And they were twins. Right. Both played by Susie Quattro. Right. Okay. And what does Josh say? That's not true. What do you say, Ross? <laughs> you know what? I'm not that au fait with Happy Days. <laughs> really? I know who the Fonz is. Yeah. Hey. Yep. So, okay, so she just walked out the door. Ah. As when you said she was walking by, she was that was her walking out at the door. God, she's skinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she can still fit into the uh, the, the leather zip-up suit, which is amazing. And the pink Brett, one or the black one? Both. There is no pink she can, one. She can fit into both. Pinky Tuscadero and Leather Tuscadero were played by different people. I'm Susie sure Quattro, they were the same, same person. And you they were, were just, just... Because you were 18 when Happy Days first aired, you were, just, you were on the bong the whole way through. Anyone named Tuscadero, you just think they look alike. They, they were not... <laughs> You, you that, was, that was their little thing. No, that, that was great for the video no, podcast. No, Leather Tuscadero's thing was the slap on the thigh and the point like a gun. What you're doing is hitting your fist and clicking <laughs> and then pointing. You have no it was, idea. It was a three-way and then a point. So it's... No, it wasn't. <laughs> yes. It was a tap on the thigh and a point with the gun. You so have... who had the clicks? You have no idea. I don't know who had the clicks. You had the clicks with your bong. That's, I don't know. Brett, you are tripping. Anyway, hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 102. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Mr. Ross McQueen. Present. And to my right, the wrong man, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. You're wrong. <clears throat> you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. I'm sure they were, they were the same and they, they came up with the whole no. plot. Brett, the plot Brett, device Brett, of Brett, their Brett, twins, Brett Leather's twin has now come into town, and uh, we want we want to have a different <laughs> falsetto. You're the falsetto. <laughs> we want to have a different uh, character that we can give give them a different history. So you're saying it was special effects? No, they were played by the same person. They weren't played at the same time. They were on the they series. Were, they were not on the same episode. Pinky and Leather were not oh. on the same episode. Pinky was played by some woman. Were they twins? No, <laughs> they were not twins. Tuscadero is a pretty pretty unusual name. <laughs> I can't were imagine that. They were sisters, but not twins. Isn't that the same thing? No. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not the same thing. Okay. Your wife has a sister. Is she a, tw- is she a twin? Well, now I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. They were, they were definitely played by different people. Pinky Tuscadero stole Fonzie's wallet. He never forgave her. Leather Tuscadero, excellent. Befriended uh, Richie, Potsy, Ralph. And, of course, Fonzie. Uh, Richie Potsy and Ralph became her band. Their name was The Band. No one ever clapped for them. She used to always turn around and say, guys, you really need to get a name. 
That was Leather Tuscadero. Pinky Tuscadero was in the the demolition derby with the uh, with the Malachi Crunch Brothers. Uh-huh. Completely separate. Which mm. one was in the All Night Dancerthon? Neither. No, no, neither. Well, Fonzie was in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, and he was dancing with somebody. Must yeah, have been one of them. With no. uh, Jody, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, with Jody. Anyway, we've got a huge and show. Then, and then just as he's being carried out on the stretcher... Uh, he jumps the, off and keeps the, dancing. The jock goes, uh, nice way to go, loser. And uh, he gets into a bit of your Moscow kind of yeah, folk dancing. Yeah, and then he got on the motorbike like and jumped over the sharks. Just like Boney M with Moscow Moscow, the dancing in that. Y- you know what I'm quite glad about? I'm quite glad that we don't have Susie Quattro on the show today. <laughs> what a, She'd be able to clear all of this up. What a goddamn embarrassment that would be. <laughs> there weren't any questions about uh, how would you feel about playing Pinky Tuscadero there in no, the, no, the special there weren't because, audience before? Because she never did, Brett. She never played <laughs> Pinky Tuscadero. It was com- someone else completely. We've got uh, some chat about the Chaser. Apparently, they've been in the news. Who knew? We're going to uh, also talk about the Flight of the Concords TV show. Talk about the human brain, some summer heights high. We've got letters to box cutters this week. Ooh, exciting. We haven't had that for a while. No, not for a long time. I'm going to finish it off with pork, but as always... Oh, 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 we didn't even mention in in your fervent excitement over the fact that Susie Quattro was in the studio... Happy second birthday, box cutters! Oh, yes. Mm. Happy, it was very nice to, uh, to to get a text on uh, on Saturday mm. from uh, from Ross Boxcutter, wishing wishing us a, a if, happy uh, birthday. If if you're watching the uh, new and improved video podcast, there hint no, hint hint hint. There is no video. You'll podcast. Uh, you'll see the streamers and the balloons. There is no video, but there are no so streamers and balloons. There is boxcutters.net slash vlog. And thanks very much to uh, to Cat Brain again for the cake. What a superb job she does. And I wish I had uh, the theme tune that goes along with the cake. The Did, one two three four. Yeah, I know. It's, it's the Sesame Street pinball song. If only there was yeah. a way for with the for, two. It's fantastic. Check um, out that video podcast to see the cake. There does, is no video podcast. Does uh, does Cat Brain have a problem with James? Mm. Every week she's bringing in cake. James comes in last week. <laughs> no cake. Well, to be fair to her, I think she was too no one knew that James was coming in. It's, you know, Apart from someone. Wow, wow. What an apologist you are. <laughs> <laughs> to kick things off, as always, here's the Box Cutters News. Brett, I don't have any Naomi Robson news. Oh, I thought you were calling me Ray Martin. No, like, I was saying you go first with your Ray Martin news. In falsetto voice so people don't no, get you confused with me. See, see, Brett, I would have thought that after two years of doing this show and... I just thought it would be a little off-air joke there, what, Josh. It's, no. No, it wasn't a joke. You just had to it's, bring it on This air. is serious business. <clears throat> In the news. Serious business. In the news this week. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Did the whole show like that? No way. Uh, Ray Martin, we've heard about in the last couple of weeks, maybe three weeks, uh, saying that maybe his time is up at Channel 9. Well, it seems it's not so, because Ray Martin's to return to the airwaves of Channel 9, joining Alan Fanning uh, to co-host the Sunday program. <clears throat> so that means that Ross Greenway, Greenwood, Green, Green something, is gone. He's gone. Uh, Ross Greenwood will be replaced after the uh, after the pairing of the finance editor and Fanning received mixed reviews. Do, do you think he got the job because he was a finance person and they saw and how well Koshy had well. done? 
I think okay. Here's here's the thing. Remember, Ross Greenwood replaced the really good finance reporter uh, on Channel Nine. I think it was uh, Pasco. Uh, maybe Dale, Dale and Pasco, the, the, the Pinky Pasco, <laughs> the detective team, uh, and uh, and Ross Green replaced replaced him because he was a more vibrant, vivacious, uh, fun kind of guy, uh, but not a great business reporter, and so obviously that's that's why they put him in on uh, on Sunday when they got rid of business. I, I, Sunday I don't, I don't and think he's too them. bad in in small doses. Preferably not on those ads. Michael, ads, Michael Pasco. Preferably not on those ads that he does for Commonwealth Bank. But in small doses, as a finance reporter, he's okay. I just don't think he should be fronting Sunday. Does he do ads for Commonwealth Bank? Yeah. Those, those, those kind of weird proxy ads where he pretends he's a Channel 9 Doing person. Doing the market but, report. But no, sponsored no, 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 by Commonwealth. No, no, no. These are like uh, advice on how to save and stuff like that. They're, they're full on ads. What mm. a whore. Well. No, you can't be a journalist... You can't be a journalist about business and finance and then go and do ads well, no, for no, no, a no, bank. No, 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 they're, they're proxy ads. They're those ads that, you know, they're, there's nothing advertising about them except for the fact that they're sponsored by Commonwealth Bank and they have the Commonwealth Bank symbol along the bottom of the, air, uh, bottom of the screen. So they're not blatant ads. But are they, they're running ad space? Yeah. And he's getting paid, no doubt, from Commonwealth Bank for those? Well... He might just be doing it out of the goodness of his heart. He might. He might. In which case, I take back everything I said. <laughs> but otherwise, no way. What would Tali have to say about this? He wouldn't be happy. I but then maybe he would uh, kind of ease on because Channel 9 personality. Oh, maybe. Maybe. I, in fairness, Brett, you were all over this. A couple of weeks ago, Josh and I coming in saying, Ray Martin's gone. Mm-hmm. And you were the voice of reason saying... Don't jump in too quickly. Yes, my sources. Uh, and uh, so and, I, and I hadn't seen that anywhere else and haven't since seen it anywhere else until today when it was announced or whenever it was announced that Ray was staying. So now the points go Brett 99, Ross 68, me 112. <laughs> Wonder, no, no, your, your scoreboard there, uh, calculations are wrong there, Josh. I'm sorry. Um, apparently Ray Martin was championed by Nine's brand new executive director. Uh, no, not brand new by Jeffrey Brown, the executive director of uh, Channel 9, and its new th- newscaft director, John Westacott. I thought his name week. was Miss Julie Brown. Yes. Right. Uh, did, sorry. Yeah, I, I always pick up the, mix up the pronunciation. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so that'll be interesting, and Martin's not leaving Channel 9. It's not and... going to be interesting. It's going to be the same shit Sunday it's always been. And by always been, I mean no, in very, the last year and a half. It's very interesting that within the year we've seen Yana get pulled off and uh, her old compatriots from 60 Minutes decades ago uh, jumping in there. I, I wonder how long it'll be before uh, it's just Ray. Um, I, well, considering that I don't think Sunday's going to last uh, past the year... Past the end of this year. Past the end of this really? year. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, no okay. one watches, it's got no respect. No Ray Martin's leaving Channel 9 at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of Channel 9, Wynn has resolved its issues with Channel 9 in some states. That's Wynn Television. Wynn Television and signed on with them. And, uh, and this comes mere days after Wynn signed with Channel 7 to provide... Uh, to provide content for South Australian regional stations, I think that's really, I think that's really interesting. Now, mm-hmm. so uh, 
So if you're a travelling salesman... When does an organisation have signed a couple of deals then? Yes, they've signed one with Channel 7 for South mm-hmm. Australian Regional, mm-hmm. one with Channel 9 for the rest of Australia. So does South Australian Regional have no Prime? Uh, clearly not. Because I've, Prime carries most of Sevens throughout the rest of regional Australia. Or maybe... Or at least regional Victoria, I don't know about. Yeah. But this is, uh, I think the, the uh, win announcement came out on Friday last week. And the, the win and nine announcement and the win seven announcement came out on the 4th of September, which was uh, Tuesday last week, I think. So uh, it's very interesting to see that they've, they've done that, uh, obviously, just to twist the dagger in nine's stomach a little bit more. And nine's finally come to the party with a... Uh, with an amount that uh, they could both be happy with. With a deal that runs uh, 33% of revenues over the next four years and then up to 35%, uh, which is a raise from the 32.5%. Uh, but Channel 9 were holding out for 40% of revenues from Win on the program that they were giving him. So I, I do wonder what's going to happen with uh, with South Australia, especially if Prime want to go in there, if they're not in there already, mm. uh, or if viewers are just going to end up with two of the same thing which would just be ridiculous. Uh, but I also want to know what's going to happen with Wynn's program guide. Uh, having made all of these changes in the last three weeks, are they going to put Kerri-Ann Kennelly back on? Are they going to move Susie back to her 12.30 slot? Uh, if you live in a regional area, and you can drop us a line, hooray at boxcutters.net, or click on the contact us link on boxcutters.net, that would be fantastic. We'd appreciate it. Uh, on to UK news... B Sky B, uh, which is run by James Murdoch. It's a, another uh, news corporation venture. Mm-hmm. And uh, James Murdoch now runs it. And he says that B Sky B rejected the concept of phone quizzes. You'll remember that the UK had a huge uproar with rigged phone quizzes. Well, particularly and, the BBC. Yes. We, oh, BBC we, Channel 4 as well. And, and there's a ban on them on the BBC. Yes. Now. We, we tried phone quizzes on this show a couple of times, but... It just didn't didn't work. Just didn't seem to work with the podcast format for some reason. Call us well, now. Tell us what on... you think of that. Don't talk with cake <laughs> in your mouth. You kept on getting your friends in and winning all the prizes for us. <laughs> uh, anyway, according to James Murdoch, uh, the idea of phone quizzes felt grubby. This is according to Variety. Uh, he said, "Quote: A customer is not a pile of money to go and scrape off as much as you can." I think there's a lesson in that for everyone. Mm. Sorry, what was the, f- the start of that? A, a customer is a ca- not a pile of money to go and scrape off as much as he can. See, I, I think there's an issue there. They're viewers. They're not customers. Uh, well... And also, you don't really need to scrape from no, a pile. We- you can just lift off a pile. <laughs> <laughs> that, with- that sounds like it's all stuck together or something. <laughs> with B-Sky B, I think he meant hemorrhoid. With B-Sky B, <laughs> uh, they are customers because it's a subscription service. Mm, yeah, okay. So, so they but are they're customers. also viewers, so you both right. Oh, let's hug. So it's like uh, years ago I used to work on the on public transport and um, that at that time we didn't have passengers anymore. We had customers. And it's the, the whole corporate, oh, you've got to rethink about how you do it all. It's just... Still, I... It rankles. I think when, when a Murdoch, especially a Murdoch in England, is uh, is saying things like, we knew we could make a lot of money out of it, but these kinds of programs are very easy to abuse... I think the world's changed a little bit. It uh, it just it's it's not the same as uh, as all those papers his daddy bought all those years ago. So I, I think it's a very interesting change. Uh, hopefully, 
Australia will follow suit. Speaking of uh, scraping off uh, the, as much money as you can possibly do, uh, the networks get an extra minute per hour of advertising in the lead-up to the federal election. Uh, this has been given the go-ahead by the media watchdog. I assume that's... I have month. no idea what an extra... Like, where are they going to get an extra minute from? Mm. The programs run well, to a certain channel time. Channel 10 will just stomp on more punchlines as they go to the breaks, I guess. Um, like, Channel 10 have been doing it for years on The Simpsons, so uh, I assume that 9 and 7 haven't uh, been as grubby with, uh, with the way that they treat their programs. Well, but, they charge, uh, they charge more that. for advertising, so they can afford not to be. But the... Uh, but but still, where are you going to get an extra minute? So it's an, it's an extra 24 minutes a day. It's almost half an hour. That's almost a half hour show. A day. Mm-hmm. Where where are they going to get that? And no, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Let the parties compete with all the other advertisers the same. They're it- advertisers just like... Washing detergent advertisers. This will be interesting for, I think, particularly for Seven, who in a couple of weeks are planning to bring back a lot of their shows, such as Prison Break and Hero. So there'll be a big push for ratings then anyway with Channel 7, whereas I think Channel 9 and 10 schedules will be looking a little more tired at that point. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Harold Mitchell, our oh. good buddy. <laughs> Advertising you know what? He never, he never says anything. It's, he's always quiet. Well, he doesn't do any media Finally, bike. he's spoken out and said that the extra minute uh, won't be noticed. It'll allow properly balanced campaigns by each party and other advertisers to get on air. Oh, thank oh, God shit. somebody's looking out for the political parties. <laughs> uh, as it stands at the moment, hang, retailers... Hang on, hang on. Harold Mitchell, does, does he have a vested interest in this? Does does he have a vested interest in there being more advertising time on television? Mm, I wouldn't imagine the rates would go down, so probably not, if he's just an advertising buyer. He buys advertising on behalf of advertising. He buys advertising yeah. time yeah. on behalf of advertisers. Mm. And if there's an extra minute per hour, can't he... That's going to political campaigns. Yes, but th- that time still has to be bought by someone. Mm. And sold on to the political campaigns. Ah, so you're saying is, uh, yeah, maybe. I'm just, I'm just speaking the maybe, truth as maybe I see you it. Should, Brett. Uh, try and get him in and ask him the tough questions. Uh, he'd, never, I, he'd never do it. As I it don't stands, think he's interested in publicity. <laughs> he just stands at the <laughs> he moment. He keeps quiet about everything. Retailers, automotive companies, and the federal government have booked up most of the available airtime in September and October. Um, and it's interesting to think that beyond that, how much advertising we see beyond the retailers and car companies. It'd also be interesting to see how much of that advertising time is uh, given to the parties and how much is uh, is given to, say, Medicare. Mm. Although don't don't the government... Uh, I, think, I think they have to they stop have to once stop the election's once the called. Election starts, yeah. But most recently, it's just been ridiculous, the amount of government advertising on television. Why Medicare, is there an extra minute for that? Cyberstalkers... I'd uh, like to see Medicare terrorists. Porn porn websites for the kids. Uh, I'd work also, choices. I'd, I'd like to see porn websites for the kids. Uh, also, uh, drug choices. Did you mention drug choices? No. I'll speak to your kids about the drugs. Yeah. Superannuation changes. Yes. yes. Which have been long running. Mm. Mm. Old people and parents. 
concentrated on by the government. Who knew? Speaking of very fit, muscle-bound people, on the back of the news a couple of weeks ago that one of the American stations was going to revive Gladiators, Channel 7 have come out and said, hey, guess what? We're going to revive Gladiators too." I think it wasn't on the back of uh, the US network saying... No, 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 no. I I, I was saying that on the back of us mentioning that then, we're now mentioning this. Well, no, no. It's what you don't think that they heard about it and and thought, oh, I yeah, think, that's a good idea. I think Let's what make they, it a local one. I they think just they, buy it. They buy what, the American one. What they heard was uh, me talking about how much I loved it. Oh, right. And then they've gone. Could we do that? Yes, we could. Let's get it out quickly in time for the next box cutters episode. And that media release came out this morning. So clearly, big fans of the show. Here's to you, Channel Seven. Thanks for bringing back. Back gladiators. I'm looking forward to it. Well, what are your bosses at uh, Foxtel going to have to say about that, given that you didn't give them the idea in the first place? Uh, I surely you know, they've I, got some sort of uh, first refusal, right? I don't know. I don't know how I got demoted over the the period of, of the show. I used to run Channel Ten. <laughs> now I just work for Foxtel. Well, Channel Ten got sold to the Money Men. Ah. Uh, and you do work hard for Foxtel. <laughs> Not as hard as uh, some of our listeners will uh, <laughs> will hear later on in Letters to Box Cutters. Uh, hey, who's been on Second Life? Yes. Yeah, me, me too. And, uh, we, uh, your little ESL student, Avatar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ESL. What? Don't you remember? Did you remember the whole ESL, English you, as a Second Language? English as a Second Language boy that you sponsor on Second Life or something. Sure. <laughs> See, your problem there, Ross, is that you're making a joke, ba- like it's a callback to a previous episode, and yeah. Brett doesn't listen when we speak, so ah, right. So mm, he has no idea. I'm pretty sure he was having that conversation with you. So It was a while ago, though, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. It, it was like it episode was 89 ago. or something. It was a while ago. Yeah. Have you joined Smacker yet? I sent you that invitation. <laughs> the, is, the invitations keep on getting lost somewhere. Really? Is that the M-A-K-A, Smacker? It's, the, it's a new, new thing. thing. It's right. a new biggest thing. Well, uh, HBO, uh, whose work we tend to like on this show, are about to air a documentary shot and produced entirely in Second Life. Oh, my bleeding anus. What the hell? If, As, you, if you write and direct a whole, episode, a whole thing in Second Life, that's fine. But surely it should only screen in Second Life. That makes perfect sense to me. The end. How else is this just not an ad for Second Life? Mm. Which is a no, huge but, money-making but, venture. But Second Life is, is live, Ross, for some people. Um, there's been a lot of money being put into uh, documentaries along the line, associated with Second Life um, in the last 12 months. There was a whole series of them on SBS... Um, I think that I think the, it'd be the, problematic. The and the produced, quality that was no, shot no. and produced in Second Life, or just about no, no, Second have, Life. About Second Life. See, that's but, a different thing. If you're talking about a cultural got phenomenon, Reuters and AP and yeah. ABC yep. and RMIT with um, with their their um, presences with their on Second islands, Life, islands and, and whatever. Mm. Um, it seems that, but it's it's a different thing. A cultural phenomenon, examining it. From a from an objective point of view, to actually writing and producing something inside this world and then showing it in the outside world. Yeah, I, th- I think the textures will be horrible to look well, at on a TV screen. But it's, for it's any also like, extended period of time. I I can't create things to view, especially in Second Life. Why can they jump out of the computer, but my stuff can't jump into the computer? Yes, it can. They show mainstream media in Second Life all the time. No, I can't do it, though, because my computer just won't run it. 
but you could if you wanted No, what I'm to. saying is I can't, Brett. I can't. But well, wait, I could. the story gets Bring worse. Bring it over to me and I'll put it in for you. The, the no mini- one's going to pay any attention to it with your little ESL student running around. <laughs> and the speak English so good. That's what he says. Uh, the, uh, in a little speech bubble because he can't speak yet. The, uh, the, he doesn't have a mouth yet. It's, it's, called, <laughs> it's called My Second Life, the video diaries of Molotov Alva. And Alva, who is the avatar of director Douglas Gayton, mm. uh searches for the creator of Second Life and encounters a series of colourful Second Life personas in the process. Well, it's the Lindens that uh, are the creators, and there's a special uh, area in Second Life for the Lindens, um, and you can talk to them, and they've got message boards and stuff like that. Uh, the the but, movie I mean, has really, a really doesn't matter. project like Conceit. Apart uh, from being a little bit difficult <laughs> on the It's really eyes. badly produced. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Really badly produced, very hard to watch. Not at all scary. <laughs> Apart from being a bit difficult on the eyes, if the story's compelling, then why can't that be compelling TV? Did you did you did you hear the, the did, did you hear the did you hear the synopsis of the if story? If it's compelling, it's that Blair could be Witch done. Blair Witch Project like conceit. A, a guy goes to meet the creators and runs into some colourful characters. It's it's shit ass. It sounds like Canterbury Tales to me, and that's a classic. You're such you are such a Second Life apologist. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just not uh, not laying judgment before do, do you, do you, all the facts. Oh, have you not listened to this show, Brett? That's what this show is. We'll, we'll, we'll lay judgment. Um, do you spend much time in Second Life? Not much, no. Okay. Is your character in Second Life now? Now that you're here, is is no. is your little ESL no. student running around or sitting there or no? So what, what no, happens I'm, to him? Yeah. Um, Does he, like, disappear? What happens to yes, little Pedro? just stays invisible in the last point that I was in Second Life. But what if somebody's standing there when you want to come back in? Do you... Do you, do you get a, a Lily Tom like and Steve fly? Martin? Oh, see, I was, I was thinking it was, it was more like uh, All of Me. Oh, yeah, All of Me. All of Me meets the fly. <laughs> oh! No. no. No, it's not like that. No, maybe you just wait until they step out of the way or... Yeah, it sounds okay. exciting. Yeah. How good? They, they did think of that eventuality and, and programmed around it. Right. How good if we could have a film where Steve Martin and Jeff Goldblum merge in some way? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, they're doing it in Second Life. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's what a piece of shit. Californication, uh, which uh, local listeners uh, may have heard about, has been extended into a second season of 12 half-hour episodes by Showtime. Um, it'll be returning next summer, US time. Which is pretty much where it's on yeah. now. Um, so in a year's time. It'll start around the same time it started this year. It's uh, it's about... It's, that's pretty good to get renewed now because it's only, I think, four. four episodes in. I saw an ad. I only caught the end of this ad, so I'll be interested to find out what... Uh, what they're doing, but where Channel Ten was basically saying, we're st- we're showing this direct from the US. Yep. yep, they are saying that. So they're not having a two week delay. There is a two week delay. No, but they were saying they were doing it direct. Uh, d- direct via the Bahamas and uh, Monte Carlo. So, that, so they are saying they're doing it direct. Yes. So it's a lie. Yes. So they're they're being well, un- untruthful. It's an untruth. There's right. not a lot of truthiness about that. Little promo. Okay. No, well, this you know, direct. What does direct mean? Uh, same day. Does it? Yeah. Does it really? Yep. They don't say same day. 
No, but that's what director means. <laughs> if you say direct, no, no, but people know that so, if you so, say direct, it means same day. So what does it mean when they say same day? Direct. <laughs> <laughs> but they use if different If you words. said something direct mail, same day. No. <laughs> no. No, that's not what direct mail means. That just means it goes straight to the person. I really think you're wrong. <laughs> it's actually so what, ad, uh, addressed to them. That's what direct mail so is. So what they're saying with Californication is it comes straight to you from the US. With your name on it. With your name on it. No, direct means same day. Email us, hooray at boxcutters.net, if you believe me, that, or you agree with me that direct means same day. Now, as for the oh, show... Call, call now. As for the show locally on Channel 10, uh, there was a report a week or two ago saying that a couple of the advertisers didn't want to be associated with it. Uh, Holden was one of them. I can't think at the moment who the other one was. Um, really? Well, Holden don't want to be associated yes, with it? Yes, yes. Uh, it's that, m- that it's was like tailor-made for... The people in their ads. Well, um, advertisers generally are supporting Channel 10's uh, display of it, despite religious groups wasn't it, calling for a boycott of the show. Now, this may have been Ford, so so I might be wrong, but wasn't it Holden who had the ad uh, where, while you were with your wife, it was good to imagine being in one of their utes with a good-looking lady who was not your wife? What, I, I, I think it was Ford, but I can't Ford? remember. Was it Ford? Um, I, I was one of the two. Uh, Utes are Utes to, to uh, me, yeah, but I'm not a car person. Uh, yeah, just just that just seems odd to me. Uh, the show doesn't have any dedicated sponsors here, but uh, spot advertisers um, have been fine about uh, the ads airing with Californication. Yeah, but it's, Meanwhile, it's a Catholic half hour slot at or forty minute slot at what nine nine thirty nine thirty nine forty five. I mean. I, don't, I can't imagine people who, who have decided they want to advertise their product there would be that that disappointed. I mean, you're not going to get Christian Television Association ads then or anything. Well, not anymore. Catholic priest Father John von Gimme. Von Gimme? Von Gimme? Do you want to give it to me? I'll, I'll F-O-N-G-E-M-I-E. Uh, led a candlelight vigil with 40 parishioners outside Channel 10 Sydney studio uh, during last Monday's episode. So... Um, I'm I'm glad that uh, they they they. <laughs> so, it's just freaking ridiculous. <laughs> it's good to see the Catholic Church taking a, a little bit of advice from the Falun oh, Gong. Just freaking shut up, you stupid idiots! <laughs> wow, wow. I, I, I thought you liked Californication. Yeah, there's an off button. <laughs> Jeez, fucker. You're Re- such a- religious organisations that want to stick their freaking big beaks into my affairs. Wait, 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 wait. If if, if they shit me. If the hey. Christians want to go out and have a candlelit vigil, it's their own problem. Yeah, no, how, no, but, does, how does but, that affect you? Firstly, no, and secondly, but what they're and actually secondly, doing, what they're religion actually doing by is that. based around people wanting to stick their beaks in your affairs. That's what religion is. No, screw that. But what they're trying to do with that is prevent me from seeing it. What they're doing is lobbying Channel 10 to actually take it off. I, I think it was a peaceful protest. I think if they want to stand out there... The forty of them with their candles. No, but good luck to the them. The goal from that is to pressure Channel Ten into taking it off. The I, air. I understand that, but the more publicity it gets, these people don't understand the basic fundamental law that if yeah. if they shut up and said nothing, there'd be much like more likely chance of it getting off. The more fuss they make, the more Andrew Bolts there are in the world, the more people watch it. Until the exclusive brethren pay to get their own people into ministerial positions and start dictating to us what we can watch and and. Dictating that this is something that we're not allowed to watch. 
Screw them. Well, I just won't vote for exclusive brethren. Well, doesn't that solve our problem? You won't necessarily know. As we saw at the last federal election, the the reporting on where the money was coming from when it was coming from the exclusive brethren wasn't reported properly. Brett, I think I think all that marijuana smoking has made you a bit paranoid. All that all that happy days watching marijuana smoking has just made you a little bit paranoid. Screw it. If only if only the non-religious people could actually be organised in some way, uh, we'd have to stand there with like water pistols, put the candles out, and that is the very angry box cutters news. Yeah, hi, good day. I'm Katrina Mathers, and I'm on the box cutters. How cool is that? That's pretty cool, Katrina. Now th- this week, the chaser were uh, arrested. Members of the chaser were arrested for a fake motorcade into the APEC, uh, it's kind of cordoned off, fenced Ex- exclusion off. Exclusion zone. Ex- the exclusion zone. <laughs> and uh, and they were arrested for breaching the exclusion zone. Uh, and they got news articles written about them, front page of front the papers. and uh, the papers around the country. And lead talk items. Lead items and talkback. Buzzing. International news. They were, uh, I think, on, on BBC. Uh, uh, yep, CNN, ABC. CBS in the states. What now? Now, do you think it's a disgrace? Do I you, think do you it's think the that greatest publicity stuff they've done. Have been embarrassed by by their shenanigans. No. Do you think that they they should have had some respect for world leaders no. visiting our country? Don't, don't that, th- that's a lot of the feedback that's been coming through the talkback. Uh, don't, don't you think it was funny? I think you know what you know what I thought was funny. I thought it was a little bit funny until I found out that Chaz was dressed as Osama bin Laden, and then I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, some I, would say that uh, they shouldn't actually have to uh, lower themselves to dress up in wigs and fake beards and but what, what's lowering? Like. What's lowering yourself? That's what they do. That that is that that is their humor that's what they do that's what they've always done they are stunt people they are fake news people that's what they do how is it lowering themselves any further i'm not defending it no, 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 but you, you raised the uh, i just say advocate. some say i uh yeah i thought when i saw it on the news i thought it was very funny uh and and the fact that they got supposedly got further than they intended to get and just mm. kept getting waved through police barricades. I, I think that's hilarious. And I think and I didn't realise that they actually had people running along yeah. the side until I looked at some of the outtakes uh, yeah, today. Yeah. And, uh, and I think the fact that they... Like, everybody knew the chaser was going to do something. Yes. They came out well in advance and, you know, it, it was going to happen. And to, to do something this good and this funny and... and Get away with it! I think I think is hilarious. Would this have happened if they got media accreditation? Because you know they applied for media accreditation and got knocked back because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they were worried that there'd be a stunt. Yeah, much like the rules of engagement in the Parliament House have been changed specifically for the Chaser Boys. I think it's I think it's <laughs> fantastic. I think this is this is what satire is supposed to do. Satire is supposed to make us stop and look at the world we're living in and think, well, maybe we're just getting a little bit too ridiculous. And yeah. they're doing it perfectly. Yeah. And, and I think it says a lot more about our society that, uh, that the police could come out afterwards and say they're, fu- they're furious about it and somebody could easily have got shot. By a sniper. I mean, what does that say about Putting our society? And what does that say about our police? That they're, that they're that willing to shoot somebody on site for going near... Some idiot's hotel. I mean, that's that 
utterly ridiculous. Well, surely that was a knee-jerk reaction because that embar- being embarrassed that uh, they're still somebody, saying it. Somebody they're still saying it. They're still coming out and saying somebody could have got shot. Yeah, well, they're what still embarrassed. They've still been shown up for the the two hundred and thirty million dollars or whatever they spent on the I, the security. Yeah, I don't what understand. Kind of, I don't what, understand. What kind of society do we live in where we're not saying no? That's not acceptable. That that you're even saying these people could have got well, shot. This for is what the they society did. that uh, John Howard wants to bring to Sydney. Yeah, and no, I'm 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 with you, Ross. I think it's I think it's ridiculous. A that they would even bring that up as well, how terrible one of the chaser boys could have gotten shot because they were doing a stunt. And and one of the policemen saying wouldn't it have been terrible if one of the you know, one of the policemen had to retire on benefits because they essentially went mad because they'd shot a comedian? It's you know what? <laughs> What are you talking about? The chaser, the chaser guys know the risks they're taking. They know that they're going into a heavily armed zone, and uh, and they know that that's there is always the chance, of course, that they could be shot. There is always the chance that they could be arrested. There is always the chance that they could get through unscathed. There are these chances. They know the chances. Obviously, they've cleared it with legal because they wouldn't have done it otherwise, uh, and uh, and found that yes, they could uh, they could afford to do this in in whatever capacity. They, they'd come to. And also, apparently, uh, there, there's, there was a map of the restricted zone where the APEC legislation comes into force, but there wasn't actually anything physically de- declaring where the line was on the street itself. And so they didn't expect to be able to get into the zone that uh, had been... Um, yeah. Designated. Designated, Designated. yes, but, thank you. But more from, from a television point of view... Isn't this what we want? This is what we want from the chaser. We want them to expose the flaws in our government and and in society and and in television and basically what's happening in the world. And I think it's especially uh, good uh, because the chaser, since it's been moved to the Wednesday night slot, has got so many more viewers, and so they're they're being recognised far more widely on the streets and. He's dressed up as Osama bin Laden. So two reasons why they should have been knocked back at the first barricade, you know? <laughs> yeah. I th- and I they, had, uh, they had 1.5 million, I think, nationally for the chaser last week, just for the return show. As you said at the start, Josh, great publicity stunt. It's, You'd imagine their ratings would be through the roof I have, on Wednesday. I have a guy at my work who does not watch Channel 2. Mm-hmm. Doesn't watch it. We've told him about the chaser. We said, he's a big fan of Daily Show. Mm-hmm. And we said, you, you'll really like Chaser. And he's gone, is it on ABC? No, I won't do it. And then on, because uh, he has a thing about it. What, what are you going to do? Uh, and then uh, on the day that uh, that they were arrested, he was watching uh, the video of them getting arrested on the internet. Uh, on their MySpace page? Oh, yeah, w- wherever it was. And uh, Are they still on MySpace? God. <sighs> They should be on Sucker. Smacker. 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 Uh, the, uh, or you can just call it S. And he's, <laughs> he's going to watch, especially now that you know, House is going to be a repeat. He's going to watch The Chaser. And that was always his big thing. He never watched House because he never watched The Chaser because House was on. Now he's, he's going to watch The Chaser. I think it's fantastic if, you know, little by little, people will, uh, will come to question what, what's happening in the world. I think that's fantastic. G'day, you're listening to Ed Phillips here from Temptation across the Nine Network, and I am special guest of the Box Cutters. Love the guys' show, love all three of you. God, you're funny. Never miss a show, and sometimes if I do, they make tapes of it on the internet and then send it to me. 
I don't think I said fantastic enough in that last segment. Okay. You yeah. can say it again in this segment if you want. No, I don't think I'm going to. Really? Yeah. Uh, Flight of the Concords is a uh, Flight of the Concords is a new HBO comedy. Uh, it's about a two-man band, two guys, Brett and Jermaine, who are originally from New Zealand, but they're uh, they're currently living in New York City, and they have a manager called Murray who is supposed to be the deputy cultural attaché for New Zealand and works at the uh, um, works at the embassy or what's the other thing that's not an embassy consulate. consulate. Yep, and uh, but he spends most of his business hours uh, managing the band, and the band have one fan, which uh, which Murray has decided he's going to call a fan base from now on, so that the gigs, the people have, throwing the gigs, will realise that there's only one person. Won't realise that there's only one person turning up. That's uh, some. That's the woman stalker. Yes, yep. her name's Mel, and she's a uh, she's a bit of an obsessed stalker of them. Uh, and yeah, basically in this show, very little happens. Uh, they occasionally have gigs. There's endless band meetings between them and Murray, and uh, inevitably there's a little bit of tension that flares up between Brett and Jermaine, leading to Brett. Kicking, uh, getting kicked out or quitting the band, and pretty much it's a pretty lo-fi comedy show. So they actually show the shows that they're doing in the show, the uh, live performances. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're doing material on the show. Yeah, yeah. and they've they've uh, and they've got song like song breaks in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as well. Yep. Um, it's I'd suggest it's very influenced by uh, the Mighty Boosh, uh, where. Uh, where you know the, the the drama is basically to get to the next song, uh, but for me, I kind of find that the tail kind of wags the dog a little bit because the music's my least favourite part of the show. I uh, I you know what I don't even think of comparing it to the Bush, uh, mostly because really? mostly because I found the Bush the the Bush show so funny, mm-hmm. and Flight of the Concords just doesn't tickle me at all. Maybe and maybe oh, that's oh oh you're wrong. No, no, I'm not wrong. It doesn't tickle me at all. You're wrong. I'm not wrong. It doesn't tickle me at all. You're wrong. I, I can't be wrong about what it does to me, Ross. He's right. You, uh... <laughs> you see, shit, he, Brett's siding with me. You're, you're he's on right. Side. I can't be wrong about how he feels about <laughs> the, it. The thing is... No, no, no. I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question first. I want to finish, though. Okay. When I ask you this question, you have to answer it straight away. No, you have some, uh... You have some prior... History with the band. I uh, I have uh, I have knowledge of them as people. So is that influencing your like and, and th- dislike of I the think, show? I think it was influencing my like and dislike of the show. You don't like uh, them as people. I not a, not a huge fan. No. Uh, this still your girlfriend? No, no. Just you know, that's all I'm going to say. It's, I've I've prior knowledge of them as people, and so but that is having an influence on yeah on. Probably for your initial watch of the show. Definitely, definitely, and also it doesn't help that Arj Barker, Australian comedian Arj Barker, Arj Barker is uh, is on the show as well because I've never really found him funny. Never really. He, he's he's, he's not from in San Francisco. What do you mean, Australian comedian? Uh, Variety, uh, an article in Variety when they were talking about Flight of the Concords, 
uh, I think it was Flight of the Concords, maybe it was another show, uh, mentioned Australian comedian Arj Barker. <laughs> <laughs> and he does spend more time here than he spends anywhere else in the world, it seems. It's, yeah, but he's no Ross Noble, though. And he's not San Francisco, he's from Venice Beach. And, but, and he's, he's not in it very much. He's, he, he was in that first episode quite a bit, but he's only really just very fleeting cameos in some other bits. Okay, it was, just, it was enough to make me cringe. It's also got Dimitri Martin. Yes, who is, funny. who is very funny. And uh, PC from the Mac ads. Ah, yes. He was uh, in an episode John, that I watched. John Hodgman, hmm. uh, who is in The Daily Show and yeah. is, is very good. Uh, yeah, you know what? I've only seen the first episode, though, so I don't know how much I can, I can really... It just, it, it just didn't, didn't tickle me. Uh, I mean, if you, if you don't like the first episode, it's, it's not like anything <laughs> different happens you know, in the whole series. It, it's pretty much the same the whole way through. So if you don't like the first, you're not going to like any of them. When you say bush, which bush are you referring to? Like there was a number of generations the, where the the mighty bush, the TV really show, surreal. The, the, the TV show, the mighty bush. There were only two seasons of it. Was there was one where they were zookeepers, or one where they were zookeepers, and one where they were just kind of out in society a bit more. Okay, w- would you say there was? I a, think there was an earlier series, which may not have been might really? have been the mighty bush, but. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's only two series of The Mighty Bush and there's a third one coming at some point that we That's, haven't seen yet. That is my understanding, especially from news that we've read and news that mm. we've discussed on this show. <laughs> uh, and with your history of being right and wrong on this particular episode, Brett, I am more inclined to <laughs> side with Ross. I was backing you up before. Yeah, no, I didn't appreciate that. <laughs> uh, this is... <laughs> this is... Uh, this is very much kind of the exact opposite of the other HB, uh, big HBO comedy entourage at the moment. Entourage is so slick and its characters is, you know, have so much money and they can get any women they want and they've got uh, all in not, such beautiful not all houses. E- uh, turtle can't. Even Turtle. Even D- Turtle gets a fair turtle, deal yeah, considering yeah, he's Turtle. Uh, this is two guys, only a couple of women that they don't really want uh, living in poverty. It's very lo-fi television. I think it, it is. I think it's you know what I think it's I think it's a, a I think it's a cleverly produced show. Yep. Uh I uh I do like the the way it's shot. I do like the sets that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very cramped New York style apartments which we don't really see on television. I like when he moves into a, a bit later when they uh split up and Jerome has to I do that again. Jerome has to move out of his apartment and Jermaine, move, Jermaine. Jermaine has to move out of his apartment and he moves into a uh into a closet a cleaning cupboard, and then he has a party. That's a very small apartment. Yeah. Well, yeah. see, and so, stuff like that I, I really like, and I think it is just my uh, my prior bias against Flight of the Concords that... Uh, you did, that see, I, see, I wouldn't say it's uproariously hilarious, but I, I laugh in every show, and there's... And I'm smiling the whole way through it. Like, I really enjoy it. Did you, did you not even enjoy all the uh, New Zealand references in it? Uh, or all the, all the posters they have up in Murray's office. No, but also when I saw you know, it... they've got the big rocks, big shots of rocks in New Zealand and just the New Zealand rocks. When I, when I saw it, I watched it off there. <laughs> New Zealand, it's not part of Australia. <laughs> like these are the promotional... Oh, see, that, that's funny. Uh, when I saw it, I watched it on, on their MySpace page because it was released a month before it aired. Right. On their MySpace page. Mm-hmm. So I was watching it on this tiny little screen. So details like that 
Yep. I might not have been able to see. Ah, uh, okay. So maybe I will have to sit down and watch uh, watch some episodes. It, I just, I'd, yeah, I think it's hilarious. I think it's got a very, very funny deadpan style, and I, I really, it's just abstract nonsense, which I, which I really find very funny. And I, and I, I, I haven't actually seen them here. I'm sure they've toured here a lot. I haven't actually seen them here, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I just like the the deadpan low keyness of it, and lines like when she says, uh, when uh, Jermaine says, uh, she's uh, she is shallow, but she's really hot. She's the hottest girl I've ever touched. And Murray says, you mean she's the hottest girl you've ever seen? And Jermaine says, she was the hottest girl I'd ever seen. Then I touched her. <laughs> like it's just it's just low key humor, but it's very very funny. Yeah, I can see that, and their songs are like that too. Mm. So I, I suppose that fits in the, uh, the the theme of what they're like as well. Well, the, the songs, interestingly, I think are the most kind of high-tech part of the show. They do often do song and film clip takeoffs and film takeoffs, and that seems to be where all the money's gone, which is interesting. They do, uh, they do good parodies like that, but then the rest of the show just looks very lo-fi. That's a Flight of the Concords. You can catch it on Channel BitTorrent. Just briefly, uh, this week we saw episode two of The Human Brain, the documentary by the same people who brought us The Human Body. And uh, and I was watching episode two, and I kind of went, you know what? I'm a bit sick of the English and their overproduced documentaries. It's Robert Winston <laughs> it is, presenting it? Is, it? it is Robert Winston presenting it. Uh, they, they really just try to edit the hell out of these out of these just to try to make them more interesting now the whole idea of doing the human body or the human brain when you're doing an hour about how the mind works when you're doing an hour about how personality is defined uh as you know through through development uh that's an interesting enough topic we don't need whiz bang mtv style editing to go along with it we don't need double, triple shots of the same thing over and over again in quick succession, some, some fast cutting. We don't need mirror images. We, we don't need any of that. All we need to know is how interesting this thing is. And uh, I think it shows that they're not really sure of their audience. I, I think it's a, uh, there are some bits that are very, very smart, some bits that are really heavily dumbed down, and it, it it's kind of muddy. They're not really sure. Or they're trying to appeal to a broader audience. Maybe they're trying to appeal to a broader audience, but all they're doing is getting me, you know, talking all the way through it. Oh, that's shit. Oh, that bit's <laughs> shit. I didn't like that. Uh, and and the number of analogies. I mean, this second episode, it was it was the uh, uh, the human mind is like a field of wheat. The human mind is like a river. The human right, and, and they have footage of all of these analogies. It, it just it just gets a little bit too much. I actually want to know what's going on in the human mind. I don't care. Oh, about it's like your, a river. Is it like a river made of wheat? It's like a yeah. It's like a field of wheat made of river. <laughs> it's anyway. That's I, I just had to have a little whinge about it because I was really, really, really looking forward to it, and I thought it was uh, it was going to be amazing, and it ended up See, being just a little bit dumb. But you do have a, obviously have an interest in it. Yes, yes, I do, and uh, and I think they're trying to appeal to people who maybe don't have any interest in because I because I watched it and and thought much the same as you. It, it was very hard to watch, but uh, I, I would suggest we're going into it with maybe more prior thinking than than the audience they were trying to appeal to. 
But it's a BBC documentary. It, isn't that supposed to have a history of people having prior thought? Mm, Maybe possibly. it's not just working with dinosaurs, man. They just do everything with computer. Well, and this is and this is what I, I was. Didn't, I didn't get, get that, that show. Think anymore. I didn't get that show. This is what I was thinking. I think walking with the dinosaurs has ruined British documentary for everyone. I still didn't get it because it, it was just dinosaurs walking around. See, oh, Jur- oh, I see. Have you seen Jurassic Park? Yeah, it was like that, but without Jeff Goldblum. So therefore, oh, okay, not as okay. good <laughs> without any human eating, which you know takes away a lot of the spectacle. Yeah. Mm. Those little kids—they really should have been gotten. Uh, the uh, so yeah, I'm just I'm just really disappointed with it. I was I was expecting a lot more, and I think special effects and and whiz bang wizardry have ruined the British documentary a little bit. Hi, this is Jess McGuire from Defamer Australia and other malarkey, and you're listening to my favourite podcast, Box Cutters. Summer Heights High, yes, did premiered you boys? last week. Did you watch it? Mm. Yes. Yes. Really? Watched it live. Watched it live. You watched it live? Wow. You, that, what? I wasn't at home. I was, I was at somebody else's house. Put, uh, put down the glasses, ladies and gentlemen. It's that all over. is enough I've of a wrap that Brett watched it live. This is, this is like in that Doctor Who episode where uh, there were two brigadiers. There was one from the present, one from the past, and they, uh, and they almost touched each other. That's, that's what that was, and destroying the whole universe. Yeah. Well, you'll know that I've got a goatee this week. You had a goatee yeah. last week. No one like this. Right. Yeah. It's like Evil Cartman. Right. But he's really nice. So you're you're evil Brett, but uh, you're really evil? <laughs> I can't say. Right. Yeah. Right. Anyway, Summer High's High. Too bad. Ross, you were driving this boat. I just thought it was uh I thought it was great. I thought there's, it was there's really, been a bit of really really, really good stuff. Uh, uh for those who don't know, uh writer performer Chris Lilly plays three characters this time rather than uh, four, five, six, seven or so he played in uh, played in We Can Be Heroes We Can Be Heroes uh, sees the return of Jamie uh, the Jamie Jamie no it's Jamie <laughs> uh, Mr. G as well who was originally just in Channel 7 Big Bite Big Bite and uh, Hamish and Andy and yes. uh uh, a new character, Jonah Takalau, who, uh, yeah, who is my favourite of all. Well, he he is fantastic. Here's the thing. Here's the, here's the thing with me in, in he, Summer Heights. He's, he's a 13 year old Islander yep. boy, and he. Uh, all right, the, the thing I have with Summer Heights High, I think Chris Lilly is a sensational performer. I think he's a great director. I think, uh, sorry, a, a great writer. I think, as far as combining comedy and tragedy, in in the one, I think he does that very well. I think he does that better than, than most people we've seen recently in, in this country. Uh, I think it's a little bit of a cop-out getting uh, two characters that he's done before uh, to to be part of the show. I, w- I would like to see three new characters. Uh, be, and, and for me, the, the strongest character is Jonah. Yep. Because he's the only new character, he's the only one that's... Sorry, I don't know if it's because... Mr. G hasn't been in that much, has he? Uh, no. Like, I know he was in Hamish and Andy, and I know he was in Big Bite, but... No, but he's a but he's a, a character that works really well in the tiny sketch. Mm-hmm. Well, I couldn't get enough of him when he was on... Uh, I'm not sure if it was Hamish and Andy or Big Bite. I assume it was Big Bite. Um, uh, I, I'm pretty I, sure. I, I don't know, if, that I don't know was, if he was on both, but he was definitely on Hamish and Andy. And I had wished that there, that his character was, or a character as big as him, was in uh, We Can Be Heroes. Now, he wasn't as big as 
he was in the big bite uh, in the first episode of Summer Heights High. But uh, I am uh, crossing my fingers and waiting for, for him to be able to explode. And I think that a lot of uh, what the first episode was about was was exposition and, and setting up the characters. And uh, I expected to get uh, get drawn in a lot more than I did out of the first episode. I thought uh, I thought Jonah, without a doubt, sensational character. And this uh, I think is again where we see how good Chris Lilly is at characterization. Mm. Uh, Physical presence. He just, he, he inhabits, I think, all three of these characters and physically he just does an amazing job, but especially with Jonah. I mean, he, he, sounds, he sounds fantastic. He sounds like a 13-year-old boy, but he, he just, he looks like it as well, which is but quite he's, amazing. He's not just a stereotype that we all recognise. Yeah. Are you saying, isn't he just, or...? What, what, is, what is he it? not just uh, like? Is it is it only because we recognise him so clearly uh, that that we're connecting with him out of one episode? You're talking about Jonah. Jonah, yeah. Uh, no, I think I think it's because it's the truest of of all of the characterizations. I think for me, particularly, uh, Jamee appearing with uh, a little bit of afternoon stubble didn't really work <laughs> all that well in convincing me that uh, that she was a, a 16, 17-year-old girl. Uh, and uh, and also that seemed, it seemed quite hammy compared to uh, Jamie and We Can Be Heroes where it, it seemed quite true. This seemed a, a little bit hammy. Likewise with Mr. G, I think I'm, I'm finding it uh, more more hammy, less realistic than... Uh, than the characters that we had in, in We Can Be Heroes. For, for me... What's funny about Mr. G is not Mr. G, but is the other teacher who gives him longing looks. I think that's a that's a, a great bit of of uh, acting, directing, and and writing. Even just the the other teacher who was uh, in charge of anything goes. Yes, yes, <laughs> and and stole his line <laughs> about you know chaos, both uh, on stage and off stage. <laughs> and this is uh, this is also something that we easily forget in the two Chris Lilly shows that, that we've seen. Uh, the supporting cast are superb. Those kids who appear with Jonah as mm. part of his gang are amazing. Yep. They're so realistic. Yep. Well, they are really... They're, they're, they're not actors, I don't think. No, they, they are actors. They have to be actors because they're telling... They're, they're reading lines. Well, they... It's not I, a documentary, read, Brett. That's I did not... read something over the week. And I know that with uh, We Could Be Heroes, one of his techniques was to take the character into a real situation and have people just react to them uh, as they normally would. And um, one of something I read over the week uh, was saying that the Islander kids uh, with Jonah would turn up for shoots and wouldn't have the scripts and wouldn't have learnt the lines. And they would just ad lib them, and uh, th- that actually worked really well. But that, but that they're, takes they're still, huge skill. They're still acting. They are. It's not real. It's not real. Uh, un- un- unless he's gone into their school and he's pretending to be one of their friends, and they're not aware of the cameras, then it's acting. No, okay. Because I'll, I'll get more. I'll even, get more information. Brett, even if they're ad libbing, yep. that's still very skillful. That is that is acting. That's even some of the hardest acting you can do is ad-libbing like that in a way that will actually push the story forward for that little bit. They may be actors because they're in a production, but I don't think that they're actors with the history of acting. 
but they're still acting. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. But I don't think that, that they're trained actors. I don't think you're a trained actor. I think uh, I am actually. <laughs> it, it's uh, it's very very influenced by uh, the UK office and uh, before that people like us. I think you can yes. see those two influences shining through. But I think with all of those shows, like Ricky Gervais is amazing in The Office as David Brent, and it's amazing to think not only is he amazing at writing that character, he also wrote the whole series. But then if you look at Chris Lilly, he's taking it several steps further by not only doing that, by then playing three characters and playing them completely differently and expertly. It's it's an amazing thing that he's doing. He's very bloody talented and mm. a good dancer. Yes, well, clearly he, uh, yeah, clearly he has had some dance training and he moves very well. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a really good show. I'll be looking forward to to watching the rest well, of it. Because we were saying last week, it'd be nice to have you know drama to get really excited about when we were talking about City Homicide, and saying it'd be great to have something you know that we were excited about watching every week. I think for me, Summer Heights High will be it as far as comedy goes. Yeah, well, you know my theory about there is no comedy in drama. There's just storytelling on television. So. It's all drama. It's all drama to me. Now, if we could only do it in Second Life as well. Oh, get yeah. <laughs> so hand wait, off the wait, wait. So Sopranos, drama, but it's it's very funny. Yes, it is. But drama is anything that tells a story, right? So it has comedy elements to it, right? But it's drama, right? It's it's storytelling as opposed to say, uh, Last Comic Standing. That's a comedy documentary, right? I think it's, nothing can be straight comedy. It still needs storytelling elements as far as like oh, I, Malcolm, I, I, Malcolm in the Middle is... I, I agree that there's storytelling elements, but surely there's some differentiation between a comedy and a drama. No, there, no. No, there's one... There's, there are blurred lines. This is the lines. third time in this episode you've been completely and utterly wrong. There, there never, are blurred never lines. Never mind. Ross, there are blurred <laughs> lines. Should we? Should we? Should we just You're rename it? You're a blurred it? line. <laughs> You're a towel. Should we just rename it? Fictional television. At least I didn't kill a monkey. Never postman. Never letter for you. No, I'm just the postman. Postman. The postman. <sighs> Letters to box cutters. Yes. <laughs> I've been handed a letter from. Uh, Max. Max, is he our first Max box cutter? Possibly. Max Bow? Yep, Could he be Max Bow? Brett? Is that what you would call him? No. What would you call him? Uh, Max. Right. I'm not sure. I'm I'm, I'm still trying to gauge where Max is coming from, and I'm not sure that he's part of the box cutter's family. Ooh. It's it's harsh. Oh, scathing. Tell us what he says, Josh. Well, okay. Bit, uh, should, should somebody else read this letter out? Because I have a feeling you're going to have a lot to say about it. Yeah. Okay. And it, Ross, and, and, and a lot to respond to. You've got you've got it in front of you. Uh, I do. But I was going to read Anna. Uh, okay. Well, Anna box cutters letters out. So maybe Brett could read. No. Well, Brett's given it to me to crazy. So why don't I do it? But <laughs> I'll read the whole but, thing if you but want. But in Brett's voice, <laughs> I'll do it in Brett's voice. Oh, I should do it in Brett's voice. Uh, okay. Max- Dear box cutters. <laughs> Max writes in to say that he's about two months behind on the podcast. He's just finished uh, episode 90, which means that he won't hear this. He won't hear Brett uh, kind of, uh, slandering him. No, no, I'm just putting the question out there. I haven't said Max is no friendly, no family member of mine. 
<laughs> but he uh, he he writes to ask about a time when we uh, we talked about Foxtel and TiVo. We talked about IQ and TiVo when I think TiVo was announced, uh, and also to ask about the uh, Ice TV episode where we had uh, Mark Edwards. Mark Edwards on for, from Ice TV. Uh, Hello to Mark. If you're so, listening. so the questions, the points he raises are: somebody said that technically you rent the Foxtel box. He says true. Also true is that they could come up with a better way of doing it. I wouldn't look at it as a con, though. I feel that's harsh, isn't it? Basically, like subscribing to a magazine you can't find in stores, uh, and uh, and then goes on to say about uh, but, ICTV. But, 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 but you get to keep the magazine. You do. Yeah, he, he does mention that as you well. Do, you don't have to send the magazine back. He mentions that. He mentions right. that you don't have to send the magazine back. All but right. what would you All do right. with the empty box? Drums? That's what he writes. Uh, he also he also says uh, that uh, we talked about uh, Foxtel IQ with uh, Mark Edwards from Ice TV and, uh, and then points out that Channel 7 is now the only channel that you can't get uh, through the... Uh, Foxtel, Foxtel EPG. Yep. Uh, which is which is true. Channel Ten came on board at the start of this month, and uh, that Channel Seven can be controlled with IQ. You can record off it, but you just can't use the EPG. Uh, and he says the guy we spoke to, that was Mark Edwards from uh, Ice TV. Hi, Mark, if you're listening. Uh, that Ice TV and Foxtel IQ appeal to different markets when really Foxtel IQ does everything that I want. Now. Uh, Brett, your uh, your problem with this letter is that it sounds like it was written by somebody who works for Foxtel. It does, and and it, it does. does. I I read that and and I went, was that written by someone who who works for Foxtel? Well, you've, uh, you've done some digging, Josh. And I did, uh, and all I could find was that uh, somebody by Max's name is a huge soccer fan. Nice, which he does mention in the uh, in the letter. So maybe he's just a big soccer fan and a Foxtel fan. I don't know. You've done some digging, Brett, and you found that <laughs> uh, the IP address is in the Telstra pool. Um, so uh, yeah, I guess anybody from Foxtel is going to be connected through Telstra. Um, but I don't think that you know, that's all that important. The issue that I have about having to pay a monthly rental fee on it is that it just never ends. It's not like having a subscription to a magazine that you can't get a news agents because you get those and you've got them forever and it has an endpoint and you can keep on using them for as long as you want um, beyond that endpoint. But uh, there's no actual way to to pay for, pay off the entire IQ system. You just keep on paying and paying and paying and paying. Yes, but then the uh, the understanding could be that uh, when a new uh, when a new box becomes available, that perhaps that is then replaced. So you, you replace the box that you're renting with the new better box, for instance. That's that's one way to look at it. That's that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, I justified it. I think I've, I've said on, on this show, I justified it uh, because I did the maths and in two years' time, I would have spent less than I would have spent on buying a PVR now and it does what I want. But you have Foxtel. Yes, that's what that's what I'm saying. It does what I want. See, this this he says Foxtel and he says that Foxtel and Ice TV basically have the same market. No, they don't. Which I think is completely wrong because Foxtel only have what a quarter of there's only 25 percent coverage of Foxtel at the moment, isn't it? Or is it up to 30 percent or something? It's still a small percentage of the market. Yes. So 
for the majority of people, it might be better if you have Foxtel. That's true. The majority of people still don't have Foxtel. Yeah, and this and, and this is a, a a really important point. Like like I said, I, I did the research, and uh, I I also know that if if Foxtel would open up their their system so that anyone could make a PVR that would allow me to record Foxtel, so I could maintain my subscription to Foxtel and see all of those shows that I pay for, but choose my own provider for recording them. Uh, I would I would much prefer that. I would much prefer to have that choice. And uh I also don't think that Max has yet heard the uh the episode where I really go Foxtel IQ for uh, No, no, I, I thought that as well. He's only up to like ninety. He's gonna have a shock when he gets up yeah, to Yeah, he, he really is. Ninety seven or whatever. It was. The thing is though, it's still it's still for me the best solution available at the moment. Mm. I would much prefer it if uh, there was something else available out there that I could choose from. Foxtel IQ might still be the best, might not be. I know that I really don't like the navigation system for uh, for looking through uh, shows that I have already recorded. I find that really annoying. You can't page down or page up. You really just have to scroll, have to scroll through, through one. one at a time. Uh, I think they could really do a lot of work there as, as far as usability goes. Uh, a lot of that is is very annoying. And I know that uh, with other EPGs and with other uh, PVR systems, there are much better ways to do it. So, uh, you know, it's not, it's by no means the best thing out there. Uh, I, uh, but, but it is if you've got Foxtel. No, it's the only thing out there. Mm, therefore. Well, yeah, but it's, uh, but it's not the best PVR system. It's only the best PVR system if you want to record Foxtel. And caveats like that just, you know, really reduce its worth, I think. Mm. Uh, as far as the paying paying per month thing, I did the maths and it worked out for me. In two years' time, there might be a more open system or there might be an amazing uh, PVR out there that I would much rather buy. It might be cheaper. I, I, we all remember when DVD players came out and then two years later they were already so much cheaper than when they first came out. Uh, yeah, who paid it 1200 bucks for a DVD player? <laughs> Brett. <laughs> Early right. adopters whereas, you always get screwed over. Whereas I was, I was really excited to uh, to to buy a DVD player for one hundred and forty bucks. I thought that was a bargain, and then uh, twelve months later, bought one for my parents for like sixty dollars. So you know, th- this is going to happen with PVRs as well, especially as hard drive prices come down. And hmm. uh, and I can't wait for that to happen to PVRs that have a digital tuner um, that that give us that aren't. Redundant uh, before we we've even taken them out of the store. Mm. So so now Max, I, I don't think we're being unfair to uh, to Foxtel IQ. I think Foxtel are being unfair to their subscribers uh, by not opening up and uh, and allowing more choice. I think that's a, a huge problem with the system. And uh, Ice TV is a really great product. So uh, there. <laughs> we had another letter during the week. Oh, well, actually today, I think, from uh, Anna Boxcutter. And I haven't had time to kind of summarize this, so I'm just going to read it all quickly. Hello, Ross, Josh, and Brett. I find myself compelled to contact your worthy program in defense of Star Stories. Oh! A program I recently enjoyed on the ABC. It was light-hearted, piss of the rich and famous with over-the-top characters, and I was outraged to hear you write it off so easily. I refer you to the episode about Catherine Zeta-Jones, as written by Catherine Zeta-Jones and her agent. It portrayed her as a fame and money-grabbing trollop, 
who is willing to marry ugly old men to achieve her dreams. How is that not funny? Consider there is a section of our community who likes baldy, vulgar, lowbrow humour, i.e. me. Sounds to me like you boys have become jaded and cynical in your fancy pants studios. Star Stories certainly beats the hell out of Lost anyway. (laughs) Cheerio until next time you offend me. Keep up the otherwise good work, Anna. Now, I actually know Anna. And uh, if it's the same Anna box cutter I'm thinking of, could be a different Anna box cutter. But uh, I'm pretty sure that she is the head of Goss and Glam with MX, the free magazine you get on train. Right. Uh, and uh, just in in response, I, I was actually can I can I just point out that 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 episode of uh, Catherine Zeta Jones wasn't actually written by Catherine Zeta Jones and her agent. I, I think just, I think that was that, that was the part joke. Of the joke. Okay. That's- <laughs> Again, not documentary, Brad. Not documentary. <laughs> well, it was presented as documentary. Uh, it, I, I was I was hoping somebody would write in defence of Star Stories because uh, because I found it completely and utterly abhorrent, and I'm I, I'm I'm very pleased Anna wrote that. However, I would suggest that rather than be funny, it was low what pandering to the ill-informed and. Uh, continued obsession with uh, fame and celebrities that we seem to have in this society and really not at all funny and just kind of poking at easy targets. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on this. What a terrible show. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible show with no humor in it, no laughs, nothing Uh, funny. as, As for being better than Lost... I, I don't really think we need to justify I, th- I think she's just picking a fight there. I, th- I think she is. But uh, look, maybe we have become jaded and cynical in our fancy pants studios. Maybe that's the problem. I think we started this show jaded and cynical. Do we have fancy pants studios? Yes. yes. The, the the pants on the studios have become somewhat fancier. That's true. But Look, I, look at the, the red behind us. You, you say fancier, the, uh, I say more stylish. Ah, okay. The, uh, the, the thing is... I say less bouncy. We've always... <laughs> We've, I don't want to know what bouncy pants are. The uh, we, we've always been jaded and cynical on this show. I think that's that's what uh, makes us critics, really. But uh, no, the thing is, when something's funny, we're still willing to say it's funny. When it's lowbrow and funny, that's we're not still... true. Look at Flight of the Concords earlier today. <laughs> I didn't find it funny. You see, <laughs> but I didn't find it funny. You did find it funny. So as a group, we were still willing to say it was funny. There was still that will there to say it was funny. Oh, so my voice overrides your voice? No, I'm saying we share it, <laughs> but both of us override Brett. It takes different strokes, <laughs> well, I think is what we're saying. I mean, that, that goes without saying that we both override Brett. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, the, uh, Brett, you, you watched Star Stories? Yes. Um, I'm not sure if my expectations were lowered or if it did actually improve, but uh, beyond the first the three episodes, I found it less painful you sat through three episodes i, I sat through every episode no oh. you didn't because i didn't show every episode well i sat through every episode that the abc showed, the ABC showed. why yeah. why would you do that to yourself i really train crash i really can't look away that's interesting yeah because it's I, wednesday I know, night it's that time i know people who are waiting, waiting for the movie show worthy of looking at i know people who found it really funny I do. Well, Anna, Anna, and, Anna and I don't, cutter, I don't talk to them anymore because clearly they're not my friends. <laughs> okay, question three. Which Gareth, can I- are all these going to be about war? No, I got loads of. I got one on tennis. One on the Suez Canal. Loads. 
Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? Box cutter. Quiz time, question. Time for our box cutters quiz. Yes, for our great crumpler prizes. We don't know what you're going to get this week. You might get, a, you might get a piece of cake too. I no, don't think, no, I don't think we're we going to send our cake. No. You're not going to send the cake? It'll be stale. Well, if you can come around tonight, you can have some cake as well. <laughs> Otherwise, but, Brett's going to finish it off. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen the uh, video podcast, which has live pictures of the cake every couple of minutes, uh, you won't see that it's shaped like the pinball machine or decorated like the pinball machine. There is no of, video podcast. Out of, uh, I thought you were going to say there's no pinball machine in Sesame Street. No, there's no video podcast. Oh, well. Again, four times in one episode. Completely wrong. <laughs> there is no video podcast. Uh, the, uh, the question. The question is, Ross? Who played Pinky Tuscadero in Happy Days? Pinky, not Leather. Yeah, who played Pinky Tuscadero in Happy Days? That was, that was Leather Tuscadero's twin sister, wasn't it? <laughs> no, it wasn't, Brett. No, it wasn't. You can email us, hooray at boxcutters.net, or send your answer through the uh, web contact us link mm-hmm. that's on our website or text, us. or text us if you know our numbers uh but you don't so don't and uh, or uh, or you can mail it if you're not that fussed about winning <laughs> yes yes uh because we do need to receive your answer to the question soon who played, who played <laughs> oh right sorry who played pinky tuscadero by four in happy days by 4 p.m on monday the 24th of September, or if you're one particular, that's not next week. If you're one particular listener and you're desperate to to win, uh, you can actually talk to Brett next time you see him. <laughs> <laughs> Monday, the twenty fourth of September. But more about that in port. Uh, while we're on Crumpler giveaways, uh, that beanbag is still up for grabs. Check out the link on the left hand side if you uh, can promote the show. You could be taking her. A crumpler beanbag made for two. And you have until the 30th of September to enter that competition. It's not too late. You could still put your link up on a site that gets lots and lots and lots of hits. Oh, yeah. And uh, and be the person who wins. That's all I'm saying. It's not too late. You've got about three weeks to do it. Do it, people. Hit the crumpler win a beanbag thing link on the left-hand side of the box cutters page. Hey, um... When I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Cake is on the table. Cake is on the table, yes. Now, as we just mentioned briefly, we, uh, we actually won't be here next week. We're taking a week off. But tune in for... Uh, Wasn't my decision. Tune in next week for a fill-in show. Brett's News and Gossip Box. <laughs> which uh, which will just be, Brett's Box. Which will be coming to you. Uh, you you're going to do that, aren't you, Brett, next week? Yeah. You're going to do Brett's News sure. and Gossip Box. Uh, sure. Speaking of coming back, the wedge uh, seemed to have disappeared. It did. It, what happened? Well, we had uh, a uh, encore screening of Californication. We had a movie or two. Um, Happy Gilmore, I think, one week. Yes. Now we've got The Office on twice a week. Yes. Yeah. Sunday nights and Monday nights, which is great for Office oh, fans. I, I was wondering if that was a repeat or what was going on with that. Is it new no, episodes? No, no. Or new episodes. Clearly, Channel 10 are wanting to uh, burn that off as well. But um, apparently, The Wedge of Wars and uh, 
setting the world alight with its ratings. Um, so it's been moved to the later time slot of 10. Oh, my God. PM on Sunday night, starting from Sunday, September 16. That's what this Sunday coming up. Bunch of idiots. They, they are. They're freaking. You take a show tools. that's made for 7 30 at night. You move it to 9.30 at night. You wonder why not enough people are watching it, so you move it to even later at night. That's... Where are their brains? That... Uh, no. Go away, Channel what 10. What are showing at 8 o'clock on Tuesday nights at the moment? Simpsons. Test pattern. Nah, Simpsons, I'm pretty sure. It'd be... Yeah, oh, yeah, Idol, yeah, yeah it? it is. It is. No, they, they had a week of showing Idol every night at 7.30, but I'm pretty sure it's double Simpsons. Uh, new and then slightly n- less new Simpsons. Yep. Speaking of all those things we were just speaking of and more, uh, Channel 9 apparently are going to start Damages, which we talked about a few weeks ago, a legal drama. Uh, to try and keep up with downloading, they're showing it in this half of the year. Would have been better if they weren't 10 episodes into the series when they started, probably. But they're going to start that on September 16th. And according to TV Tonight... They are going to have no less than five on-course screenings. No. Within the next week. So is that six episodes in the week? Six, six, six screenings of the one episode in the week? That's what I read on uh, TV that is Tonight. Insane. That's insane. No, that's, that's got to be wrong. Also, That uh, must be what they're taking temptation off of. <laughs> also, speaking of Channel 9, uh, Sopranos. The final series is has actually been put onto air. They've uh, they've shown two of them now. Rating has it been moved back to one AM yet? No, but rating just under half a million people, which is amazing. Which is fantastic for that time. If 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 it had what rated that it? well, ten forty five on a Tuesday night. If it was rating that well from the get go, it would never have had these problems. And of course, Brett, you'll remember that Tuesday night is dead night. It is so. And they can chuck whatever they want in there. Plus, add to that the fact that many, many, many people have watched it via downloads because they've got sick of Channel Nine screwing it around. It's it's mm-hmm. it's incredible it's, figures for the yeah, Sopranos. Yeah, imagine imagine if they showed it at the same at the time when it aired in the US and at a decent time to watch it. Yeah, oh, just imagine. Hey, uh, Ross, uh, not Ross, our Ross, but Ross from Friends. Oh. Uh, uh, I'm not that Ross. No. Ross right. Geller. No, you're Ross from Our Friends, <laughs> but not Ross from Friends, the TV show, uh, who's, uh, whose real name escapes me because... David Schwimmer. David Schwimmer. No, 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 no. It escapes me. Right. <laughs> uh, he's reported in The Sun, uh, the uh, UK newspaper, The Sun, as having said that if there was going to be a Friends reunion... He would not appear in it. So there's going to be a Friends reunion? Not necessarily. But if there was, he wouldn't be in it. What's he up to at the moment? He's got a film called Run, Fat Boy, Run. He's uh, doing interviews with The Sun. Mm. <laughs> yeah. He's... Uh, it's classy. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's not doing much, but he's, he's too big. He's too big for a Friends reunion. Mm. He wouldn't. Friends reunion. Come on. Speaking of uh, David... You know what? Give it, give it a few years. Because Friends has only just <laughs> finished, really, in, compared to how long it was running. Give it a few years. I reckon in, in 10 years' time, he'll, uh, he'll do a, a Friends reunion. Maybe he's losing his hair. Maybe you'll, we'll never see him on anything ever again because <laughs> he, he's too ashamed. Speaking of David Schwimmer, he actually starred in Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, the series before last, I think. Uh, and so I've got a bit of Curb Your Enthusiasm news. So, uh, <laughs> nice one. 
That's so, good. Ross, this is news for you, Ross. Not that, Ross. I'm speaking to me because <laughs> <laughs> none of the none of the box cutters family like caviar enthusiasts. Hang on, no, somebody somebody said that they like so caviar enthusiasts. This, this, this is news for me. Okay, so I'm listening. Great. Uh, <laughs> season six of Caviar Enthusiasm started today in the states. So, uh, oh, that's great. I'm interested in watching it. Can I, I say I something? Read, I, read I, reviews, something with, I read reviews. I read reviews that, that it was a little bit disappointing. You're a little bit disappointed. <laughs> Larry David was on uh, Letterman the other night, and uh, he was actually quite funny. If if only he could like be real and and put that into curb your enthusiasm, it would be a much better and much funnier show. Why doesn't he do that? Why does he have to write neuro- neurotic tangles of boredom rather than just putting something funny in the show? Brett's it's, a lot more it, passionate about this than I am. It, it's very simple, Brett. If if you don't get it. I don't think he cares. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's got the power to be funny, to be entertaining. And instead he does curb your enthusiasm. He's made $26.7 kabillion from the oh, so because he's got of lots Seinfeld. of money, it no, doesn't, no, no. he doesn't need to be good. Do I finish your sentences? <laughs> no. Because That's a fair point. He doesn't. Because he's... Well, who knows what the hell he's going to say? <laughs> <laughs> who knows what the hell Brett's going to come out with? Um, Spaghetti monkeys! <laughs> uh, I, I would go the opposite way. He's got that much money. He can do what he likes. So, therefore, he only does quality. <laughs> quality. It's, it's boring tangles of neuroses. Speaking of boring tangles of neuroses, uh, have that you... That brings us to the end of... No. No, I've got more pork. Oh, uh, have you got... Uh, you've got Foxtel, haven't you? Yes, yes, I do. I've got Foxtel. Uh, did you watch The Singing Office last night? No, I did not. Oh, could, what? You, could you no, watch I was, it? I was at a bar mitzvah. I'll watch it on could one you, of the, the, its many repeats. Could you, yeah, watch it and uh, and let us know how awful it is? Yeah, I, I'm a bit scared of how awful it is. If, uh, if you can drag yourself away from uh, the ABC's offering three men in a boat, which is everything the name suggests. You know what? Three men in a boat, I still think, is... It has to be worlds better than Three Men and a Baby Grand, mm. which, which was horrendous. Mm, possibly. Who was in that? Oh, people. Was Men. it English? No, Australian. It was Australian. Sketch comedy. It's not ah, very good. Yeah. Bald dude. Yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah, not very good. Yep. Uh, there was a uh, seven Channel 7 network uh, journalist doing uh, reports uh, last night outside Olympic Park following Melbourne Storm's NRL uh, qualifying win over Brisbane. Uh, he was doing a live report to the Channel 7 Brisbane News Bulletin when um, he was attacked by a couple of fans coming out of uh, the game. Uh, both of them were wearing Brisbane Broncos Gansies. So loser fans and loser fans. Beat him up on camera. Mm. That's real smart, isn't it? Because apparently they didn't realise that their footage would get when given there's a light straight to police. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ross, uh, Josh is trying to tell us something, Ross. That brings us to the end of Box Have you got Cutters. anything else there? Just yeah, yeah, episode yeah. 102. We're not going to be back for two weeks. Uh, in, uh, in that time, uh, we should have a good impression of how the fall schedule is going to sit here in Australia with uh, Prison Break and Heroes coming back on and a couple of other shows. It'll, it'll be interesting to see. And when we come back, we are going to do lots on the fall schedule. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That uh, will be on September 24th. We'll be back recording this show. I want to say 
That brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 102. Oh, wait a minute. I've got one. Thank you very much <laughs> to Crumpler, our giveaway sponsors. Remember, you can win a Crumpler thing. It might not be the end. He might just be wrong again. He's been wrong a lot this episode. Yes, By he, emailing yeah. us, hooray, at boxcutters.net. Really and mind. giving us the answer to the question that we asked during <laughs> the quiz wrong. segment. Thank you also to 3RRR, whose studios we use for recording this podcast each and every week. Thanks very much to Cat Brain for making a wonderful birthday cake. And thank you very much to you, the Box Cutters listeners, for... Eating it. No, for, for helping us stick around for two yeah, years. Yeah, two years. We, we, really, we really wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for the comments on the blog and the emails that we get. That's and, true. Uh, and we're very grateful to, uh, to everybody who, who listens out there and enjoys the show. Whether they bring us cake or not. Yeah. yeah. And, and there may be some changes uh, coming up. Around the program. I, I knew there was change. I didn't know you knew about them. <laughs> How can the two of you know about them and I don't know about them? Brett, we've, uh, Josh, we've discussed getting the new button pusher. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, I was just going to get that bird that keeps going down into the water and then comes back up. Down into the water and comes back up. Bit of a new look. A uh, bit of a... <laughs> a new look to the podcast. Bit of... No, no. <laughs> to the video podcast. Um, a bit of uh, new interactive options, I, I think. Uh, I love I up. love the way you preempt things before they're actually ready to go, Brett. I think that's <laughs> just fantastic. <laughs> I'm not saying it'll be next week, but... Until it a will fortnight's happen. time, my name is Josh Canal. Brett Cropley. Uh, <laughs> no! I've never Ross, been Ross McQueen. Ross McQueen. I'm Ross Brett Cropley. Catch us again next week. No. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. If you've enjoyed it, catch us again next week. No! In two weeks' time. Yes. Good evening, viewers. Same bat time. <laughs> Same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there.